Article 1. It's on page 499 in the back. There we find a description of many of the attributes of God, and there in the middle you find the word immutable. That's the one that we will focus on this afternoon. We'll read the the whole article together there. There is only one God. We all believe with the heart and confess with the mouth that there is only one God, who is a simple and spiritual being. He is eternal, incomprehensible, invisible, immutable, infinite, almighty, perfectly wise, just, good, and the overflowing fountain of all good. Dear congregation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, change. Change is part and parcel of life. It is all around us. We cannot even imagine a world without change. Our kids never growing up. How strange would that be? And there's a saying about this, you can never step in the same river twice. And what is true of what we see all around us is is true of our lives in particular as well. Life constantly changes. Sometimes life changes for the better, doesn't it? The birth of a child, a successful surgery, a renewed passion to serve the Lord, a keen awareness of Christ's work in your life brings Changes of joy. We praise God for this. But sometimes our lives change for the worse. Our lives suddenly change, erupt into chaos and confusion. Our faith is shaken to the very core. Our lives can suddenly change in those ways. Our circumstances can go from good to bad and from bad to worse. And sometimes that can happen very quickly, very unexpectedly. A visit to the doctor, a phone call, news from a loved one, and bam, life is flipped on its head. And often this leaves us lost at sea, desperately trying to keep afloat as the waves come crashing down on our lives. And there we are left picking up the pieces, trying to make sense of it all. Well, in the midst of the changes of life, and especially in the midst of the difficult changes, we'll see the glorious comfort of confessing what we do in the Belgic Confession and believing and knowing that God is immutable. Now, maybe that word doesn't do much to stir your emotions or your heart at, at this time, it doesn't sound like a very hopeful word. But as we unpack that word immutable, then indeed we will see what a glorious and comforting confession this is. I summarized the sermon this afternoon with this theme, cling to your unchanging God. Now in the midst of a changing world with so much uncertainty, there there is a desperate longing for for something, for, for anything to stay the same. That's what we long for. 
a strong anchor to keep us grounded, an an unchangeable rock for for something to, to stay the same, for something to be stable. But so often that can seem out of reach. The only certainty is change itself, as they sometimes say. But that is, that is not entirely true. Because there is, there is one thing that remains unchanging and certain. And that thing, of course, is no thing at all. It is our God. Our triune God. God himself never changes. And that's what we mean when we confess that God is immutable. Immutable means not able to change. And note how strong that is. It's not he is able to change but won't do it. No, he cannot change. God is not able to change. It it is impossible if he changed, he, he would not be God. And that God cannot change is something that is confessed in many places in the scriptures. Malachi 3 verse 6, I the Lord do not change. James 1.17, in God there is, there is no variation or shadow due to change. Or think of when the Lord appeared to Moses in the burning bush. I'm sure the children here know that story. And when, Moses, uh, when the Lord speaks to Moses from that burning bush, he, he says, I am who I am. And you might think, well, what kind of name is that? Well, it's God's way of saying, I don't change. I, I am who I am. Who I was yesterday is who I am today is who I will be tomorrow. We also sang and read from Psalm 102. And there in verse 25 near the end of that psalm, we read there, Of old you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. The earth and heavens, and think here of the sky above, are some of the most stable things in the world. Some of the most stable things that this psalmist could imagine. The heavens and the earth, we, we don't wonder if they're going to be there in the morning. We know that they, they are always there. And so they are symbols of stability. They have been from of old. And yet look at what verse 26 says of them, of those symbols of stability. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away. Perish. Wear out, pass away. That is what will happen to the heavens and the earth, these symbols of stability. They will not always be as they are now. One day, the psalmist says, they will perish. They will wear out like your your old clothes. They will pass away. And as we know from the scriptures later on, they will also be renewed when Jesus Christ returns in his glory. It will be rescued from its bondage to decay. But in any case here, the the psalmist sets the heavens and and the earth in direct contrast to the Lord. Maybe you notice that in verse 26. It wasn't just speaking about the heavens and the earth. They will perish, but you, Lord, you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe. They will pass away. And then verse 27, but you, you are the same. 
and your years have no end. You notice what the psalmist is doing here. First, there is an allusion to the burning bush, but you are the same. Think of those words, I am who I am. God doesn't change, not even a little bit. Now, by setting the heavens and the earth, these symbols of stability, in direct contrast to God, the psalmist is declaring that that they are nothing compared to the stability of our God. And if this is true, that the heavens and the earth will pass away, how much more so the things of this life, our earthly possessions, our investments, our toys, our friendships, your family, your spouse, like the heavens and the earth, they will perish. They will wear out like a garment and they will pass away. And how foolish we are then to set our hearts upon them. We are pilgrims here. Do not ever forget that. Nothing in in this world, on this side of the grave, before Jesus comes back, nothing can give us stable security. Only God. Our unchanging God can, and only He does. That is the the conclusion of Psalm 102. The children and your servants shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before you. It's in the midst of a changing world. A world which will perish itself. There is one thing that we can put our confidence in in the unchanging character of our God. He will not perish. He does not wear out or pass away. He is our unchanging God, and He will be our unchanging God when we are gone and our children are still here. And then when their children uh, uh, grow up as well, the Lord through it all will remain the same. Now, the Bible often calls God a rock to affirm this same truth as well. In Psalm 18, to give but one example, we read there in verse 31, Who is the rock except our God? Now, rocks also are are symbols of stability. And sometimes we we use them to speak about uh, people in our community. We say so-and-so is a rock in our community. That is, they're, they're a symbol of stability. But people, as we know, no matter how strong or secure we think they are, are nothing compared to God. Strong men, strong women can crumble. Spiritually, even, they can fall. They can break down and wear out. And even if, by God's grace, a rock in our community doesn't crumble spiritually, well, well, the decay of our bodies will eventually wear the strongest of us out. But not so God. God doesn't crumble. God doesn't fall. God doesn't decay. He remains firm and steadfast. There is no one like our God. He is the only rock. He is the only security. The only thing that does not change. He is the immutable one. The unchanging God. Now since God is unchanging. It also follows that his will. And his decrees are also unchanging. God doesn't change his mind. And you can think here, for example, of the the canons of Dort. The canons of Dort in chapter 1, they they have a a section there in the canons of Dort. I'll read it with you together. 
It's chapter 1, if you're wanting to follow along. Chapter 1, Article 11. I'll just read it. It's explanatory within the context, self-explanatory. It's on page 567 in the back of the Book of Praise. And the title says it all, Election Unchangeable. As God himself is most wise, unchangeable, note that word, all-knowing and almighty, so his election can neither be undone and redone, nor changed, revoked, or annulled. Neither can the elect be cast away, nor their numbers be diminished. You see, it is not possible for God to change his mind, uh, even though he, he elected us before the creation of the world. is not as if suddenly now maybe he sees your life and thinks, oh, maybe I made a mistake. Whoops, I think I'm going to change my mind. No, God does not change his mind. He cannot change his mind. He is God. And as it is with election, so it is with God's will as a whole. His will and his word do not change, cannot change. Think of the words of Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. And what his word says remains true and certain forever and for all time. And that is so very different from us. Even if we can be the most trusted person that anybody else knows, it happens that sometimes we, we change our minds. We might say one thing and uh, circumstances come up and we, can, we change our minds. Sometimes we make a promise, maybe to our kids, only later to break it. God doesn't do that. His word does not change. And neither does God's knowledge of, of things or, or of us change either. We are supposed to ever grow in our knowledge, ever mature in our faith. But God doesn't grow in knowledge. If God had to grow in knowledge, what would that mean? It would mean that he lacked some knowledge before that. So we can change for for the better or for the worse. God cannot. If God could change for the better, that means that prior to that change for the better, God was not perfectly good already. That his goodness was defective in some way. And you know as well as I, God is not defective. He is perfectly good. And so he he can't change for the better any more than he can change for the worst. He is good and he is unchangeably good. Now sometimes we say about bad habits or sin in our lives, "I, I can't change. I can't stop sinning. It's very similar to the saying we looked at this morning, I'm not perfect. It's just code language, you recall, for, uh, you know, I'm content in my sin. Well, when we say that I can't change, we need to realize that 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 is actually a lie of the deepest order. And and sometimes we we use it to to also say, well, you know, this is just who I am. I struggle with with this sin, but I I can't change. Indeed, that is a lie. It it is true that some sins are harder to break from others. Sometimes our character traits and personalities do get in the way. That much is true. And yet, hard as certain sins might be to break from us, only God can say, I can't change. Only He is immutable. We can change, 
And in areas where there is sin in our lives, we must change. And God calls us to change then for the better. And he also gives us the means to do this as well. You know that as well as I do. That is why he has given us his word to read, to meditate upon. That's why he gives us, uh, through his spirit, the preaching of the gospel to change our hearts, to soften our hearts. It's why he gives us the sacraments of baptism and Lord's Supper to strengthen us in the truths that we hear in his word. And when the gospel, when the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ, when the promise of forgiveness is heard, then our faith is strengthened. And so the spirit can and does soften our hearts and and change us. And that that is what God wants. God God is unchanging, but he wants us to change. He wants sinners to turn from their sinful ways and to find their life in him and in his son, Jesus Christ. Now, not only is God's will and decrees unchangeable, so are his promises. He promises to carry us through the, the pain, through the sorrow, through the chaos of this broken life, through this sinful world. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, do do not be afraid or terrified. The Lord your God goes with you. Hebrews 13, verse 5, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. God doesn't change, which means those promises in his word also do not change. Even when our lives then are turned upside down, even when the waves come, come crashing in and over, your God, our God, Remains the same. He is our rock. He is our refuge. He is our shield. Our salvation. And this is so beautifully illustrated in in Hebrews chapter 6. The the second scripture reading that we read together. There we read about how uh, God promised to bless Abraham with with many descendants. And you know that that was a, a hard thing for a 90 year old to believe. As you can well understand. And so what does God do to to Abraham with this promise that he has made? God God makes an oath, an oath to Abraham. An an oath is is saying something is true and appealing to God's name to affirm that truth. I swear in the name of the Lord that that what I am saying is true. That's what an oath is. And God himself did that. That's the point that we find in Hebrews 6, verse 13 and 14, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. God took his own name on his lips to assure Abraham of the truth of the promise that he would indeed have descendants. And so Abraham, trusting God's oath, trusting God's promise, what did he do in verse 15? And thus Abraham, having waited patiently, obtained the promise. He too knew that God was unchanging. Now this promise and this oath are are the two unchangeable things. If you look at verse 18, that's what it's talking about. So that by two unchangeable things, the the promise and, and the oath, so by that, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. And notice there that, that the text in verse 18 isn't speaking specifically about Abraham. 
Though indeed Abraham uh, received hope, the, the text switches to, to a general application for, for, for all believers. Right? In, in verse 18, we read there, so that by the two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, it doesn't say Abraham fled for refuge, but we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. Indeed, the author of Hebrews knows that God is unchanging. If God makes oaths and promises to us as well as he did to Abraham, then we can have confidence in our God. He does not change. And then verse 19 draws up an imagery in our minds that helps us to to understand all of this, to, to put it all together. It says, We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. An anchor. Other translations have that there, an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. I'm sure the kids know what an anchor is. It's like a big rock with hooks on it that sinks into the ocean floor in order to keep the ship from moving to and fro. So it doesn't get bashed uh, against the rocks in a storm. And that's what our God and his promises are to us. God steadies the ship, so to say keeps us from being tossed here and everywhere in the storms of life. He calms our souls. In the midst of confusion, anger, hurt, pain, sorrow, He provides us with peace that passes all understanding. And this hope, this firm anchor is secure, and it goes on to point out also in verse 19 that it's rooted in Christ. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the holy place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Jesus went into the inner sanctuary of the temple. Behind that curtain, that that big uh, sign that said, keep out, God is too holy. Jesus went in there, into the holy of holies, into the very presence of God. And he entered, verse 20 says there, as a forerunner on on our behalf. And so he became a high priest forever. That is to say, he, he went in there, he poured out his blood for us. He was the perfect sacrifice. He took away the sin of us all, of all those who belonged to him in faith. And so he has torn that curtain and allowed us to come into the presence of our holy God. In Christ, our sins have been both paid for and forgiven. And this is the anchor for our soul. Christ is the anchor for our souls. He's our security. He is our hope. He is our firm confidence. Whatever comes our way, whatever sorrows we bear, whatever hurts we experience, Christ will not leave us or forsake us. We belong to Him in body and soul, both in life and in death. That will not change. Now, given that our hope is rooted in the unchangeable promises of God to us in Christ, it is not surprising that near the end of the book of Hebrews, we find a beautiful description of Jesus himself. And maybe some of you know it. It's a very famous verse, Hebrews 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is, he is the same yesterday and today and forever. And so then thinking back to those verses that we looked at in Psalm 102, we can say that those words about how God is the same 
apply equally not just to God the Father, not just to the Spirit, but to Jesus Christ Himself. He remains the same. He, he is the same. And in fact, those verses in Psalm 102 that we looked at earlier are explicitly applied to Jesus. If you were to go to Hebrews 1, you'll see that it's quoted there. It's one of the reasons that Jesus is much superior to the angels. And this is quite striking. When we think of the Lord Jesus Christ, you might think in a way that Jesus, well, he, he kind of changed. He, he took on human flesh, right? The immutable God became man. And yet Hebrews doesn't focus at all on on this fact. But instead affirms and reaffirms for us that Jesus Christ does not change. Yes, he may have taken on our human nature. He did that because of his unchanging love. Because of his unchanging care and compassion and mercy towards us. And those sorts of things will not change. Jesus has never changed and he never will. He remains the same. His mercy is new every morning. And that reality calms our souls, does it not, brothers and sisters? When life is a mess, God is our anchor. Christ is our guide. He is our rock. He is our salvation. And so we can wake up each morning assured by His Spirit of His constant abiding love and faithfulness. Each morning our unchanging God says to us, Look, I made made a promise to you. I made an oath to you and I have followed through. I have given you my son. I have poured out my wrath on him for you. Now now you are holy in my sight. And if I, God Almighty, did that for you so many years ago, well, surely, surely I will abide with you today. Surely I will not leave or forsake you tomorrow. Yes, God in Christ is the anchor for our souls. The one that we cling to in a world that is full of change. We cling to God knowing that He clings to us with His faithful love in Christ, which will not change or waver. We will sing about that in hymn 66 in a moment here. Great is Thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of, changing, of, shadow of turning with Thee. Thou changest not Thy compassions, they fail not. As Thou hast been, Thou forever will be. So maybe your life has taken a turn for the worse. I don't know. Maybe it's taken a turn for the better. But whatever the case, beloved, cling to your immutable God. Your unchangeable God. Flee to Him in faith and repentance. Cling to Him with firm hope and confidence that is anchored in Christ. And rest assured that no matter what changes happen in your life, God will not change. God will will not let you go. To quote yet another, another hymn, change and decay in all around I see. O thou who changest not, abide with me. Go with those words firmly anchored in your soul. The one who changest not abides with you. He is your security. He is your rock. He is your anchor. Your immutable unchangeable God, behold Him. Cling to Him in faith. Go your way in peace. Amen.